Good morning, good evening, good night. This is the next podcast. I am here with Jordan Raybert. I am Eric Hofer, and you can't see him. Well, some of you can, but if you can't see but him, oh Pastor. Oh, my dude, we have a show for you. Today, we've got all the way oh from Kentucky. God. From Kentucky <laughs> itself, we've got the one, the only, the lovely, and slightly terrified Jay. Uh, what's your last name? Atkins. Atkins. I, don't, I don't think I've ever been referred to as lovely. This will be lovely. the first. The Lost lovely time. Pastor Jay Atkins. So you can't, not everyone can't see him, but he is saying hi with his hands and his feet. Yes, Thank you. yes, he uses all four limbs to talk. Jordan loves to make fun of my demonstrative adjectives, but that's okay. <laughs> I've always been an, an ex, exclamation mark kind of guy. Yes, yeah. and even if it's like, even if it's in the most subtle of tones, like when it's like late at night and we're going home to dinner, you'd be like, that was uh, truly extravagantly, abundantly, and amazingly dinner. Thank you for and and while he's saying it, like we're all half asleep, and he's using his hands. He looks like a starfish that's out of water. <laughs> I was a middle child. You have to you have to fight for attention. That explains a lot. That you does. got it, well, Jordan. Um, I yeah. should have told you this before. Oh no, the podcast. But remember that high school, that high school guy. Oh, it Tim. Was, it was Tim. It was Tim. It was Tim. What's this? I had a dream about Tim, it last night. Your Tim. The, the guy who liked your wife. You know, remember that? Well, actually, my wife. That Amy, was Tim. Amy and I, uh, I, I picked Amy at 10 years old. Like, I like <laughs> that's my girl. So you can't date at 10 years old. So uh, so we just waited, you know. Uh, and so, uh, but she kissed a boy in first grade. She won't tell you, though. And she won't tell me. So you think it's, it's Tim? Tim? I think it's, it's Tim. Tim. I don't remember any Tims. So. What? Oh, was that? What was his name? name? Oh. I don't know. The first church service you ever preached at, we showed up and you were talking about that, and Eric agreed with you. I agreed with you. Whoever it was, I thought his name was Tim. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Tim Truitt. Tim Truitt. It was Tim Truitt. <laughs> she said I shouldn't say that because Tim Truitt never even hit on her. <laughs> oh. But I, I, played basketball, I played basketball with Tim Truitt. He was a really good looking guy, you know, so I always just used that. Oh, as my. Well. He's like the Channing Tatum of our high school, you know, so not quite that good looking. Oh, but, gosh. So I always tease her about Well, now with the natural lighting, that. you know, maybe. Yeah, maybe. You got it. Well, if this can't get any more awkward, that'd be great. Um, <laughs> so I have, I have a question. If, if we're going to talk about awkward moments, what is the most awkward um, like church encounter you've ever had with anyone in your whole life? What is the? Oh, man, that's tough. Uh, the mo- the most awkward was I told uh, an improper joke at a men's conference. Oh no! So we're at a men's mm. conference and it's over. the the the, ser- the services are over, and. Uh, the the a nationally known minister and I won't use their name because you your listeners would probably know who they were. Uh, he just told a joke and it was just a level one off cut, just a, a joke you would tell to men only, not to women in the room, right? Okay. So it wasn't it wasn't a dirty joke. It just was mm, you know. So someone else then got up and told one that was like a level three off color, you know. And, oh no. And the boldness of Jay, the room's laughing and. And I knew that I was familiar with the crowd. There's like three, four hundred guys there, you know. So maybe, maybe two fifty. Anyway, good a good number of guys there. And um, in ignorance, I got up and told a joke that number one I'd never told before. I just read it, you know. Somebody sent it to you, <laughs> and I I tried to get my friend, hey, go tell that joke. That's funny, you know. So I got up and told this joke, and the whole time the Holy Spirit was just like, sit down, like, well, you know. And and I just ran through that spiritual red light, and um, and I not only told an off color joke, but I 
I messed up the joke. No. I messed up the punchline. <laughs> no. And so it wasn't even funny. It was just the, <laughs> I wanted to die. Like, I just, <laughs> I, I, I really wanted to. Um, it was one of those tuck and roll off It was. Ones. Like, I just thought. You just ruined your life, you know. And <laughs> oh these, no! Your, your, my spiritual fathers, you know, one of them was right there, and 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 all these great men I admire, plus all my friends in this circle of influence, you know, and they're all there. And what did I do? I I got up and you know made a fool of myself. So uh, it's been I, I've grown from that, right? You learn. Unfortunately, I had to learn the hard way. So that was very awkward on a personal, you know, transparent level. Don't don't tell dirty jokes at church ever. Don't tell dirty jokes. Yeah, right? I, think, I mean that's that's honestly. the lesson, right? Just just uh, it's not. Thank you for listening to this podcast yes. episode, guys. Once again, this has been the next, and, and it was yeah, it was tremendously off color, but uh, just a little is enough. So uh, what other awkward man? We've had some fun, you know. The Holy Spirit's keep saving me from these, and I, I keep I screenshot and I send them to Eric. <laughs> Because I'll like see someone post something dumb on Instagram stories and I'll be like, oh my gosh, like I'm going to make a tweet about this and go at someone. And then the Holy Spirit's like, no, not a good idea. Like, just be nice. Don't do anything stupid. So now I've rest- I've started by instead of like re- like reposting the dumb stuff and then like going at people for it, I'll just like DM them as in like, dude, that theology is whack or something. You know, I'll, I'll like I'll go at someone personally instead of like in front of everyone, which right. is less fun. But uh, you know, in my in, in Jordan's brain, it just that's what happened. So I went to someone. <laughs> you have a filtration process. I do. It's the Holy Spirit. Wait, really? Let me check with Eric. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> Same Holy Spirit over here tells uh no. So then I. I I really? ask Eric and he's anyway. like, no. And so then I do it anyways and still get into trouble. And I'm like, why am I getting in trouble? And I'm like, look back and be like, I wonder why. And um, <laughs> so, so two days ago, I saw something, someone posted something and I was like, like, this is whack, dude. Like, you don't post this kind of stuff on Instagram. It's just just depressing. And like, it's not even theology. Like, it's just a mess. So I go to comment exactly that. I'm like, bruh, this theology though, or something like, you know, like, like a smart comment. I'm a smart aleck. So I like, I like digging at people. And so, so I go to post this and I send it to them and it doesn't deliver. <laughs> like, it's like, it's like, does not deliver, could not send Instagram message or whatever. So I go in and as I hit resend, the Holy Spirit's like, bruh. And I was like, okay. So I screenshotted it and I sent it to Eric and he was like, bro, the Holy Spirit's cut your back again. <laughs> so yeah, it was, um, I have, I have a few of those awkward moments. I sent uh, a flirtatious text to my wife one time. Um, How flirtatious? That it was very and uh, that went to a lady in our church. No, it did. Oh. Yes, yeah, an older lady. So she had texted me that morning, like 7.30 a.m., the older oh lady. Oh, my gosh. And uh, I had worked all night long and um, on a construction project because it was just one of those deals like, oh, we're just going to push through. So I worked till 2 a.m., worked till 3 Then I thought, if I just push through the night, I, we can finish this project. <laughs> so I never went home that night. So the next morning... This uh, church lady texts me, and we're texting back and forth. Well, then I went to text my wife to let her know, hey, I'll be home in a little while, you know. And I said something real funny. <laughs> um, and I sent it to this lady instead of my wife. Mm. And then I got home, and I said, you didn't laugh at my joke. And she said, what joke? And I oh, looked on oh my phone. <laughs> I looked on my phone. So how did you recover from that? Thankfully, this lady had a son my exact age. Now, I'm her pastor, right? So Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but, that, that helps. <laughs> but she had a son my, my same exact age. Uh, and so 
She said, oh, my son would do something like that. But uh, about three months later, they quit the church. <laughs> oh, gosh. So I'm not so sure that she ever got over that. So if you have a few hindrances to the church, you know what to do. Oh, That's it. You it's just like, copy and paste. Yeah, if you really want to get rid of someone at your church, flirt with their mom, I guess. That's just... <laughs> oh, no. oh, God. I have too many awkward stories. I mean, things. I have a, one that's not in the church, but I have a habit in life of picking up people walking on the road. You know, I, I come from a rural community where that was, you know, traditionally normal. Mm-hmm. If you see somebody walking. So I, I get frustrated with our society because people have dogs riding in cars and people walking on the street, you know, like like we have a little bit of a too much of an affection for animals. That's not the subject of the broadcast today, so or the podcast. So we'll <laughs> So guys, about, welcome to the next yeah. day we're gonna be talking about Everything. animals. <laughs> so uh, anyway, I have a soft spot there, you know, especially if it's raining or man. For pick, humans or animals? For for humans, pick oh, you know, okay. but I know there's a safety issue involved and I know, you know, for women especially. I'm not gonna talk about this because yes. I kidnap people for fun. <laughs> I, I love I love the joke I love the joke you know of uh, gonna get canceled. Of, 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 of of the guy you know the the, the so this guy got picked up you know and he he looked at the guy who picked him up and he said uh, he said uh, I'm so glad you picked me up how did you know I'm not a serial killer and the driver said what's the odds of us both being serial killers <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway I, I I pick I I by nature I pick people up all the time so. Uh, one night I'm coming from the city. I live 45 minutes out of the city in Kentucky. And so I'm coming from Lexington, headed back to our town. And uh, I see this guy walking. And it's it's night. It's cool outside, maybe, you know, 50 degrees, 45 degrees. It's pretty cold. And he's walking in shorts, carrying a Walmart bag. And so it's too cold to be walking. Mean, and it's it's on a stretch of road. He needed a ride. It was obvious. So I pulled over, actually backed up on the highway a little bit, and uh, – and he comes up next to the car, rolled him in, hey, would you like a ride? He says, absolutely, thank you. So he gets in. He's got a hospital bracelet on. And so I'm like, okay, this is interesting. You know, so, hey, you just got out of the hospital. Yeah, I just got out of the mental ward of the Louisville, of, a, of the next city over. And I'm like, how'd you get here? Oh, they stuck me on a bus. They're like, Louisville just decided to get rid of their, they brought him to Lexington and dropped him off. You know, so anyway, this guy's walking. Uh, he doesn't know where he's going. He doesn't know. And, and uh, it got really awkward. So he tells me to take him to this house. So I took him to this house. He said, my uncle owns this house. Well, his uncle did own the house, but his uncle lived out of town and rents the house out to a family. And here this guy in the middle of the night, he's knocking on doors and windows. And this couple wakes up, calls the cops. Next thing you know, I'm surrounded by like 10 police officers. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I get myself in lots of awkward situations, you know. And so <laughs> I, uh, the, the police officer said, Pastor, please quit picking people up. Like, like this is not, this is not 1950 anymore, you know. So anyway, but I can't, <laughs> I can't stop. I keep trying. Oh <laughs> uh, man, I'm sure there's so many more crazy, wild stories that we know you've gone through, but you also have a ton of amazing Holy Ghost stories. So, yeah, that's really where the miracles are anyway. It's in those yeah. situations. So, when you just are compassionate towards people. My, yeah. my, uh, I'll never forget the first one. That's always your, the first time you see a miracle. So, in your own life, you know, you're trusting God. Growing up, uh, I was uh, very blessed to grow up in a Christian home, and my parents got filled with the Holy Spirit when I was seven years old. So, uh, so did I. And so God became real, began to pray, 
my mom would challenge me with stories, not, not even maybe even on purpose, but she would just, as she would hear stories, she would share them with me. And I remember hearing about Robert Slayer and visiting heaven at nine years old and seeing body parts. And, and man, it challenged me. I thought, I want to pray. I want to know God at that level. So, um, so we saw some miraculous things in our own life. But as a young minister, uh, in between my first and second year of Bible college, I had a chance to minister, and I saw a leg grow out in a service. <laughs> and it, oh my God! Yeah, I was like so excited. I was more excited than the lady who got healed. And it wasn't just that her leg grew out; her entire back was healed. She was—I found out from the pastor she had just been a Christian for two weeks. She wow. got saved two weeks prior. Isn't the Lord good? And uh, she'd been in a car accident a few months prior to that, and almost died. But her everything was messed up with this. I mean, she came walking to the uh, altar um, slowly, you know, like an injured person yeah. would. And she she was completely healed instantly. Well, I was more excited than she was. I actually kissed her on the, the bottom of her feet and ran around the room myself. <laughs> I mean, I'm thrilled because you, when you see God do something, it changes you. That experience mm -hmm. of, of uh, the reality of God working in humanity right now um, it changes you. Then once you've tasted of the heavenly, you can't, nothing from this world yeah. satisfies anymore. So, No, it doesn't. And that's one of the greatest things about what I, what I think this generation will see now is it, it, revival returning to your secret places, revival returning to an intimate level first. Because mm -hmm. I, I hear so often of people like they're out preaching and this and this. Revival is going to break out. People are going to be healed in the streets. I'm like, you're not going to see anyone healed in the streets until you can spend the time to get along with the Lord in your, in your personal life. Like that's just yeah. not going to happen. Like you can't get up on a stage and take mm -hmm. a microphone and what what ends up happening is you get to a point or a level where it's like, all right, you're either based on someone else's revelation of who God is, mm -hmm. or there is no revelation at all. Those are the two things. You run out of steam at some at some point unless you're willing to stop, slow down, and remove yourself, just like Jesus did. Mm -hmm. Jesus, after he heard that John the Baptist had died, he removed himself from the situation. He went to be with the Lord. Then what happened when he got back, the word says that everyone he laid hands on recovered. There was an immediate shift that happened. Once you pull yourself away from society, find out who God really is. And then with that revelation, the same revelation that Peter had mm -hmm. of who Jesus is, it changes everything about ministry. So I believe personally, um, we're going to see a lot of that happen now. I think this generation really needs to know that it's possible to know God on an intimate level, to know him on a personal level. And once we have that, once we have that revelation that, yeah. oh, I can talk to the Lord, I can speak with him, he speaks to me, I can hear from God, all of this happens and you're like, oh, now it's no longer him sitting up on, a, you know, in a throne in the middle of nowhere. I think the biggest reason personally, that the church is inactive today is that we look at God being the person who reveals sin only and we forget he's also the one that forgives it. And we look yeah. at the God who wants to condemn people, but we forget that he's the one who created a way for us to be saved. If we can bring it back to the perspective of understanding who God is, mm -hmm. if we just figure out who God is again, people will be like, oh, but if God loves me, then I should reflect that and I should love people. And if God's forgiven me, then I should reflect that and I should forgive people. But until we know who God is, we'll never see that happen. You can't, you can't ever take someone to a different level of revelation you haven't received yourself. It's like worship leaders. You can't take people into the Holy of Holies if you haven't been there by yourself. So I think, I think personally, I think that's where we're going to see this, this generation really stand out because we're not satisfied. Yeah. There's a level of church and a level of religion that, that, 
people in, in maybe your generation or the generation before were few and far in between have not been satisfied with that. And that's why we see so many of our uh, people, you know, between 35 and 55 going to church still. Yeah. They don't care. And that's why churches have changed because it's more, it's become more about how many people can we have in a church service mm -hmm. on a regular time. We make it 45 minutes, we make it an hour long, we move the service times, make it convenient because you're still willing to go to church. Well, we're not. That's, that's the fact of it. Millennials, mm -hmm. Gen, Gen X, Gen Z, whatever the heck we call ourselves yeah. now, people under 20, yeah, Gen Z, thanks, Ryan. Um, people <laughs> under 25, we're just not, we're not willing. That's just it. We're not willing to put up with something that's fake. We don't really care, to be honest. Well, we've been talking about like with our generation to see the revival in our generation that we want. They have to hunger after the things of yeah. God. And I think back to the last 20 years of my life, there was no hunger for the things of God because mm -hmm. God was never actually demonstrated to me. Religion was demonstrated to me. And what I saw my whole life was a chore, yeah. a bunch of church going, a bunch of doing this. And you said of regulations and exactly. rules. Getting a bunch of rules and all the things that I thought were fun and life filling and like partying, drinking, smoking, all the things I did with my friends that also went to church mm -hmm. because there was no personal relationship. There was no, because I had no demonstration of God, I had no idea what I could hunger after or what's yeah. possible. But if you think about it, seeing even if you had just an eighth of our generation walking around in yeah. the actual things of God because they have that personal relationship with God and actually demonstrating the Lord in the streets and watching miracles happen, you start to wake up a little bit. You can't just lie to yourself when you see someone's leg grow out. You can't see someone who's been struggling with cancer their whole life and be living with this constant pain, get one touch of God, and all of a sudden every bit of pain's gone. They go back to get checked and their cancer's gone. Right. All the incurable diseases that disappear right away from one touch of his garment. Mm -hmm. Like, then you start to get a little hungry. You start to get a little more uh, curious. And for me, the thing that changed everything is when, I, to be honest, I didn't even know a single thing about a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. But once I found out I could have one, I was hungry for that because I didn't know I could have that personal relationship with him. And when I opened my heart to him in that way, and just, I, I was already thinking, I remember the moment sitting there waiting for um, these spirit-filled believers to lay hands on me and pray for me. And I just wanted to receive him in, in my buddy's house. I remember thinking I was getting attacked with all the lies, but then you can't do this. Then you can't do that. All the things of the world, like that's all all I ever wanted. That's that's where yeah. I'm having my fun. But I went into it anyway. And as soon as I had that first touch of God and experienced the supernatural in my own life and felt these things that I've been struggling with physically get removed from my spirit, then I realized that that touch was more than everything I've ever experienced in my life. Like I, there was yeah. not one party that could have compared to one touch of God. Right. There was not one drink, what, not one high that compared to the things of God. You were completely filled with everything you need when you are in his presence. Mm -hmm. Man, there's so many things that you guys are saying that are true. I mean, I want to jump in on like 12 thoughts here. Oh, yeah. So I was yeah. like, oh, Go which ahead. one first? <laughs> um, the first I want to mention is we're not called to live for God. We're not called to live for Jesus. We're called to live like Jesus. Mm -hmm. yeah. And this is the power of the new birth of Jesus moving on the inside of your life. And religion and even religious churches, are, are they teach and preach continuously that we are to live for Jesus. Yeah. You need to pray more. You need, you know, you need to. You need, and it just has that flavor of 
uh, legalism attached to it. Well, it just takes a little bit. You know, you put a little bit of salt in something, it's still salty, you know, mm-hmm. and you can mm-hmm. taste it. You put a little bit of, of you ought to, you need to, you should into something, and it starts to, to, to taste of that, re- re- and that's what turned you off. Yeah, right? absolutely. But when you found the genuine uh, gospel of Jesus, which is Christ living on the inside of you, exactly. it empowers humanity not to just live for God, but it empowers us to live just like Jesus. So you said that Jesus would pull away from the crowd, spend time with his Father, and then out of that place of the presence of God, he would come back and minister to the people. This yeah. is the pattern of life for all believers. Yeah, mm-hmm. And it's amazing that we're lifelong followers of Jesus, and yet many times you fail to look at the life of Jesus to figure out how do we pattern ourselves. Jesus' ministry was he surrounded himself with 12 close relationships and pour deeply into them for a three-year period of time. And look at the church as a whole. Have we modeled the ministry of Jesus? You know, and I'm going, yeah. wake up, even to myself, you know. Yeah. Uh, let's not be trapped in, you know, it's been said many times that we have an army of, uh, of, of believers who are trained to minister to a generation that no longer exists. And, you know, we've patterned everything uh, towards, you know, you don't want to say 1950s. It's not necessarily that antiquated, but societies do change. So the gospel is not 100 years old. Does that make sense? This is not your grandparents' Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus lived 2,000 years ago. So the church of the living God is not a a 100-year-old antiquated thing. The church of the living God was birthed when Jesus raised from the dead. In John 20, when he breathed on those disciples the breath of life and he told them, you go and forgive sins. Mm -hmm. You go and heal, right? And you read the great commission that began 2,000 years ago. And that's the beauty of the life of Christ on the inside of humanity. That my life today looks just like the Apostle Paul's life 2,000 years ago. Your life today looks just like Peter's life 2,000 years ago. Christ living inside. This is the mystery of the gospel. This is the hope of glory. Christ living on the inside of us. That we are born of His Spirit and filled with His Spirit. So that's what makes me excited about your generation. Because... In every generation, God has raised up uh, and, and equipped people to do all the works of God. So in every generation, there are prophets. In every generation, there are healing evangelists. In mm-hmm. every generation, there are pastors and teachers. In every generation, uh, God always equips uh, every leadership. Every, he, I mean, every one of you are born created by God specifically for a divine purpose. And he knew you in your mother's womb. You are fearfully and wonderfully made, David said in Psalm 139. So, or as Psalm 119. And so uh, we're we're, uh, in in your generation as well. I'm just excited to see what does that look like. Yeah. Yeah. It it may not look exactly like it did 50 years ago. And it shouldn't. No. And, to, and to walk out a personal relationship with the creator of everything to find out what he has for you. Yes. Because one, like you said, once you've tasted and seen, you want more. Exactly. Right? I want more. Yeah. That's exactly what I want. I've, I've, Lord, I'm so thankful for what I have seen. And that's what pushes us into our prayer closets, right? That's mm-hmm. what pushes us into those services or the hunger that makes us uh, drive three hours to go to a meeting because we heard that God's showing up somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's a fire burning. I want to go see it. And it is it is that hunger. So, 
you know, our generation now, we're, we're um, okay, think of a hun- the difference in 100 years. 100 years ago, everything you, you discussed and your information, it came from your friends, your parents, your grandparents, your pastor, your teachers. Right? You've got maybe 10 people of influence in your life speaking. Man, now you've got 10,000 voices in your yeah. life. <laughs> and so the attachment to this world is potentially great. So if I preach Jesus to a five-year-old, 100% of them want Jesus. If I preach Jesus to a 10-year-old, 99% of them want Jesus. If I preach Jesus to a group of 13-year-olds, now you're like 75, 80% because already there's attachments to this world that they've begun to hunger for what their flesh craves, right? Yeah, exactly. If I preach Jesus to 18-year-olds, now I don't know the percentage, but right now it's like a 40-50% of them are, are are still really interested in the things of God. But like you were struggling, you know, at age 18 or age 20. Yeah, even younger. I, even younger, right? Yeah. Oh, I love this world. I don't want to give up the things of this world. So, I mean, the thing, that, the, the illustration the Holy Spirit put in my heart was, you know, we're created to be this hot air balloon that just soars. But we have you tie down that hot air balloon with those ropes to keep it attached to the ground. Yeah. And in order for it to fly, you have to detach mm-hmm. those ropes. And this, the moment you detach those ropes, you just begin to soar, right? And so yeah. uh, when you love the things of God it, it, and, and, you, and you recognize, oh, how wonderful this is, yeah. how genuine this is, so then, then you start to unt- un- untangle those ropes. What, what would you say is the easiest way i don't even use the word easiest what because here's the thing like the necessity for our generation to experience this is high this is like we can't survive there we can't be like the rest of the world where you know the uk has been four or five generations now without the gospel right. south yeah. africa is still we're still holding on there there's generations all over the world where there's a gap beginning to form mm-hmm. unless we begin to demonstrate the supernatural because mm-hmm. without the supernatural demonstrated mm-hmm. this generation won't hunger for it right because we can all talk about you know we can talk about, you know, church. We can say, oh, we go to a youth group. Like, well, okay, well, if I'm 25 years old or whatever, I can either go to some youth group and we can play, you know, dodgeball at a youth group and eat pizza or I can go to a club. Like there's two yeah. different things. And if I'm weighing up the two of them, that doesn't make sense to me. The only reason I, as, as, as a 19-year-old, even goes to youth is because it's supernatural. Like God shows up. And so when yeah. we talk about it, we're like, oh, are we going to youth? And I'm like, yes. Why? Well, because God's going to be there. Like, that's it. Like, I know for a fact that he's yeah. going to manifest himself and I don't want to miss out on what God has for me. Yeah. But how do we get a generation to realize, okay, one, that's important. Like, yeah, okay, we're all hungry for the same thing. How do we practically get people? Because you all say this, like, oh, well, you want to know what God says? Read the Bible. You want to hear God out loud? Read the Bible out loud. We want to go do this. Go to your quiet place. Go seek the Lord aside. Like, that is not very popular. That's not a very, and I won't lie because I didn't enjoy doing it either. Like, it wasn't until God, like, it got to the point where God would have to literally, like, I'd have to almost audibly hear him say, I want to spend time with you. Please come outside. Yeah. I need to talk to you. Get in your car. Like, when that happens, like, you move instantly because you know, like, as soon as you hear his voice, you're like, oh, every part of your body stands to attention because it's the same breath of God that created you in the first place. Mm -hmm. So every atom, your whole body's programmed to stand at attention. And you know, okay, this is, how do we get a generation to seek the Lord 
before those kind of encounters. Like, yes, that's wonderful to then say, oh, I was in a church meeting. I got touched by the Lord. I had, I was healed. I was set free. I was this and that. Now I need to maintain this. How do we go from a level of maintaining your relationship to Christ to where we can start building on it? Because like you said, our calling isn't really for ourselves. It's not, we're not called to, to live for Christ. We're called to look like him because if this, if we just have a whole army of regular Christians, that's all we'll ever have. It takes a thousand Christians then to multiply into 2000. Whereas if we have people who look like Jesus, there was really only one, there was one Jesus and he changed the entire world. The whole, uh, uh, the way we tell time today is affected by one man's existence. Yeah, one yeah, man who absolutely. was God, like everything shifted, like the pinnacle of our, our society, the whole world, the way governments are formed, the way we tell dates today, um, the way women and children have rights today, the way the law system was developed today, everything evolved and, and, and was created based on his teachings, whether you're a believer or not, he influenced every area of life, which is the most beautiful thing is because we look at him for what he's done in the supernatural, salvation, restoration, healing, forgiveness. All of this is the most important part of it. But whether you accepted him or not, he changed everything. And so when we look at now living like, like Christ now, we've got the same responsibility to change everything. We can't sit on the sidelines anymore and say, oh, I love Jesus. I'm going to heaven. Like, that's not what Jesus did. Whether or not you were saved, he changed the way the world around you looked. You could not live without knowing, seeing, or being involved or um, affected by one of the things Jesus did. Mm -hmm. That's it. You can't live today. You can't live. Mm -hmm. We're in a country where on the money, it's written on the bottom, in God we trust. Whether yes. you accept him or not, he has literally been in your pocket this entire time. That's you can't true. escape him. So how do we raise up a generation that looks like this, where no matter what you do, where you go, you can't escape the presence of God because we have a generation who aren't afraid of carrying the presence of God. How do we see that happen in this generation? Well, I think you just answered your own question. It's when, when you choose in your life to live like Jesus. So that's more than just the miraculous. The miraculous is one part of that. Yeah. And it is a regular occurring part uh, because the, the new birth, when you receive Jesus, when you believe upon His name, 1 John chapter 5, verse 1 says that if you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, you are born of God. That puts yeah. you in the exact same position of Jesus. So the difference between Jesus and you is that Jesus was born of God from birth, mm -hmm. and you are born of God from the new birth. And so, you know, even in our society today with all of the LGBTQP, you know, um, push of I was born this way. Well, were you born again? Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter how you were born in the flesh. I was born in a rural poor community to rural poor parents. But yeah. when I was born again, now God come to be my father. And my spirit was renewed and changed. And Titus 3.5 says the spirit of regeneration, just like it's the same word, a metamorpho, the same word that our, our English word metamorphosis comes from, that a caterpillar turns into a butterfly. It wasn't just a tweaking. It wasn't a club <laughs> you joined. You were yeah. totally revolutionized. Your spirit man become just like God, perfectly clean, holy before him, right? So now Christ dwells in our heart and we live like Jesus. So the focus of a believer is to be in his personal relationship with God. 
that I am to love like Jesus, to treat people better than they deserve mm -hmm. because God treated me better than I deserve. My, my purpose in life is to pray like Jesus. That here, if Jesus needed to pray and get away and talk to his heavenly Father, then how much more do we, yeah. having all these life connections, yeah. world connections, need need to? Why did Jesus get away and and pray? Right? What, what benefit yeah. did it do for him? Well, the same thing it did for him, it'll do for us. That's the Amen. power of the gospel. Yeah. So when we when we look at so Jordan, I really don't want your generation to, to just, and I don't want to use the word fantasize because our imaginations were given by God and they're powerful. We are to imagine. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I don't want you to spend all of your energy, and I'm not just talking to you or Eric, I'm talking to all of us. We don't need to spend all of our energy just imagining being on a tractor trailer stage in the middle of Africa with 1.3 million people there and we're going we're gonna to preach one powerful message and they're all going to receive Jesus. Well, if, Thank God for those opportunities. Those are net casting opportunities that God brings because He loves people that much. Yeah. But we're called to be fishers of men, right? Matthew 4, 4, 19, Jesus said, come follow me and I'll make you into something. What did He make you? He said, I'll make you into fishers of men. So when you go fishing, there's times when you cast in the net, crusades and, and mass meetings. But most fishing is done with a hook and a worm where you're just catching people one at a time, where you're loving on people and, and because you're the first one to genuinely love them when the world around them is condemning them. See, that's what Jesus showed us, right? So when we read through the Gospels, we, we see the multitude ministry. But most of the Gospels isn't talking about his multitude ministry. It's talking about his personal encounters with people that society has condemned, that society has rejected. And they called, they ridiculed him, right? He's the friend of sinners. He's the friend of drunkards. Look at this man. Who does he think he is? He's not like us. He's not pious. He doesn't go to stained glass window churches. What's wrong with this man, right? Who does he think he is? And he, he told us who he thinks he is in John 15. He said, no greater love is any man than this. Then he would lay down his life for his friends. He, he introduced us to the kingdom of God and how it operates. If you want to be the greatest in the kingdom, be the greatest servant. Yeah. So I believe that's the work of the Holy Spirit. Living in us, He reveals Jesus. Hmm. And daily, he's, he's on my case. Two days ago, uh, with your brother, Christian, we had a conversation, and I, I said something um, a little too harsh about another minister. And uh, we went to bed, and Amy fell right to sleep. She didn't say it. I did. And I laid in bed till 2.30 that night talking to the Lord because the Holy Spirit began to talk to me. And he reminded me of that truth. No man brightens his own candle by putting out the candle of another. Yeah. You had no business talking negatively about that person. And I wasn't even trying to talk. Your flesh will just naturally gravitate yeah. towards, yeah. right? But I'm so thankful for that voice of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because he's helping me to live like Jesus, right? He reminded mm -hmm. me that Jesus never talked. We don't see anywhere where Jesus talked negatively about anyone. To the Pharisees, he confronted them. But we don't even see that he talked to the disciples about the Pharisees, right? He, 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 so that's, that's my life. And, and I don't want to be 80 years old before my love walk looks like Jesus's. So as your generation hungers after God, you taste Him and you see Him and you see the effects of that same spiritual conversation on the inside of you that the Holy Spirit has, it keeps God real. 
if you will always, um, man, the secret is, is uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. As it's the first chronological book in the New Testament. And um, the Apostle Paul summar, you know, summarizing and saying his benediction as he's saying goodbye in this letter. And he says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16, he said, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God. Quench not the Spirit. And uh, he goes on to say, verse 23, May your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless. So when you think about that, rejoice always. That's a daily habit. Pray without ceasing. Daily habit. In everything, give thanks. Daily habit. And the very next thing he says, Quench not the Spirit. Daily habit. So he's not talking about babies crying in church. He's talking about that inward voice of the Holy Spirit who says, uh, Jordan, you, you really shouldn't have talked bad about Eric to Jay. <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, Jordan, Jordan, you could have said that in more love. Jordan, that was great, but there was a better way to do it. Man, that internal conversation. Well, that's miraculous. Yeah. And so uh, is, is being in a crusade and seeing wheelchairs, you know, be, be thrown off the back of the state. That's miraculous as well. But as you said, you can't get one without the other. It's when we embrace all of God and our pursuit is of Him. We love Him. I just want to live just like Jesus, right? Amen. Love just like Jesus. Pray just like Jesus. Uh, it simplifies and now makes the gospel multiply. Multiplicable, yes. <laughs> multipliable. Yeah. I'm from Kentucky. We make up words. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! No, you. I think you're totally right. I think that's exactly the answer I was looking for. The more complicated an organism, the longer the gestation period of re reproduction. An elephant is a 15 months in the womb. Yeah. It's the most complicated of all mammals. Uh, versus, you know, a single cell organism that multiplies. Right? Or we tease about rabbits. They're more simple. They multiply more quickly. So uh, we see where the Apostle Paul, in different places, like at Antioch, the Apostle Paul uh, told them, forget about trying to fulfill the law and forget about all these commandments. Here's what I want you to do. Abstain from, from things offered to idols. Don't drink things uh, of, of blood. You know, cook, mm -hmm. cook, cook your meat before you... Yeah. And, and, he, and he said, and abstain from sexual immorality. If you'll do this, he said, you will do well. Yeah. Hmm. What did he just do? He just simplified, simplified it, right? So that yeah. what? So they could go make disciples. Hmm. That's his heart. That's so, good. so that we could, right? So our, our friends, or maybe you did, Eric, you, you, maybe you saw a relationship with Jesus as this complicated. I have to quit drinking. I have to quit smoking. Yeah, I have absolutely. to quit. It's so complicated, right? Exactly. But man, if we will just introduce it to people, hey, how about, how about giving a taste of Jesus? And yeah. come and see. Taste and see that the Lord is good. He loves you no matter what. He cares for you, yeah. right? So that's what Jesus did. Yeah. Obviously, if he's sitting down with drunkards, he wasn't, he wasn't down there in the, in the streets with a bullhorn <laughs> yeah, saying, right. you drunkards, <laughs> you better quit drinking, you know. <laughs> Repent now, the kingdom of God's at hand. The side, the side of the street. I, I, love, uh, this, I love this guy, Mac, Mac Gober. He's a, he, he had a motorcycle ministry, and he's friends with Kenneth Copeland for years, and he's passed on now, but his son's still carrying on the ministry. But his testimony is so awesome, I'll tell it quickly. Uh, he, he, was, he was reading through... Uh, not really reading through, he was using the Bible for his 
rolling papers for his marijuana. He said those thin pages were perfect. Oh my and gosh. so he was using the sheets of his of a Bible to, to roll up his doobies, you know? That's one way of, oh, of consuming the word, wow. I guess. Right? <laughs> and, that's, and, that's, and that's where he read way, John 3.16, for God so loved the world <laughs> that he gave his, right? Isn't that a wow. crazy testimony? That's incredible. And, he, and the funny thing about that was after he received Jesus, he kept smoking for a little while, yeah. you know? Yeah. And not for long, because yeah. now that it's so real, the inward witness of the Holy Spirit is so real, uh, that then those things begin to fall off of his life. Yeah. But he kept his weed in his Bible because his mom would never look there. <laughs> so, Unbelievable. Isn't, that, isn't that crazy? Yeah. And we, we would love to give a chance to everyone listening right now. If you don't feel like you have that personal relationship with Jesus and you want to give your life or rededicate your life to him, Pastor Jay, would you be willing to lead us in a salvation call? Absolutely. God loves you so very much. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is the promise of the Word of God in Romans chapter 10, verse 13. If you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead for you, if you call upon his name, you shall be saved. So let's do that right now. Just say it with your voice, with your heart. Just begin to declare it right now. Jesus, come into my heart. Make all things new. Forgive me of my past. My life I give to you. Jesus, you are the Lord of my life. I'll serve you all the days that I live upon this earth. And I'll live with you forever. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, if you prayed that prayer with us right now, I want you to get in touch with someone you know that serves God. Somebody that you know that's on fire for God and let them know, I just gave my heart to Jesus. They're going to help you get started Absolutely. on your walk with God. Absolutely. You yeah. guys can also send an email to info at the next.tv or reach out to us on uh, our Facebook page. Or Instagram. Is, or Instagram. Or Instagram. That works too. Or Instagram. And that's also the next, the NXT, no e. TV. No, no, no e. e. We don't like the E. The no, e stays out. <laughs> too, complicated. E. too complicated. Also, the, You've simplified the, it. The, the domain name was too expensive. That <laughs> <laughs> <Not> too. <laughs> but, anyways, guys. If you would like to send an offering so we can purchase <laughs> the next with an E. <laughs> that's, <laughs> and then a whole new set of merch. That'd be great as well. But, guys. Hey, thank you for having me on. You're absolutely it. welcome. It's been a blast, and we'll definitely be doing it again. We've got a bunch of topics still to touch with you. Yeah. Um, it's going to be an honor and a privilege jay thank you for coming eric thank you so much you were forced to be here <laughs> <laughs> guys it's been a pleasure I, no I hope you stuck with us till the end once again we are the next we're here to inspire equip and expand if i remember correctly that's the slogan <laughs> the kingdom the of kingdom god. of god guys <laughs> once again have a great day